Greetings, friends. It is Thursday, October 6th. This is Chapo coming at you. Uh, so first things first, uh, just at the top of the show, and the uh, uh, corrections, admissions, and apologies category, I would like to, on behalf of the show, Chapo Trap House, and myself, apologize to gay people. That's right. We did not go see Billy Eichner's bros over the weekend, tanking it at the box oh, office. Boy. I'm sorry. We just were too busy with tour. It's got stuff I am going sorry. on. I'm I mean, sorry, bros. I mean, like, I'm not going to see it, but like, it, did, it didn't like look bad. Yeah, it I don't fine. know. It looked like it looked like. I mean, it looked like fine. I think people just like hate Billy Eichner, like people on Twitter, and I don't know. I think when a movie makes four point eight million dollars and it's like a normal movie and not a movie about like a, you know, one of those uh, movies that you guys like. A what guy's like? uncle teaching him how to <laughs> masturbate over 45 years and the movie's four hours long. <laughs> I just never seen a movie like that. That might have been a dream you had. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's a movie I dream of making. <laughs> but, um, you know, that type of film. Or like right. a, you know, like a uh, one of those horror movies, but it's from Spain. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, the Orphanage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, um... There's a there's a guy who's three inches taller than average. So for Spain, that's like five eleven, <laughs> and he kills people with uh, like the instruments that a scarecrow has. And you guys love it, and that's that's a, that's a sleeper hit that makes fifty million dollars off a twenty thousand dollar budget. Like but it's not one of those. It's a regular movie, right? And it made four point eight million dollars. That's not Billy Eichner's fault. That's the studio. They fucked up. That's true. Uh, Felix, what movies have you been watching for spooky season? More than where, where it's it's the reason for the season, Felix. I know you've been watching a lot of scary movies. All right. Yeah, no, I've been watching um this is a really bone chilling movie. It's called About a Boy. <laughs> and it's about if your wife got her hair cut too short after you got <laughs> married to her. The fear of every man. No, I, I've not been watching. I don't like horror movies. Yes. You're, you're, yes. You're, you don't like you like as you said many times, you don't like jump scares. Yeah, they're cheap. <laughs> they're cheap. Like the people on TikTok can do them. How hard can they be? Well, all I will say about Billy Eichner is that if he approaches me on the streets of New York City, I am standing my ground. <laughs> it's I'm, ex I'm exercising there. castle doctrine on the streets of New York. <laughs> it is crazy that's never happened to him. <laughs> yeah, the infinite patience of the people of New York. But look, like, I mean, again, I so people like hate him. I don't know why. Like people on Twitter, is it like did he make one of those tweets where it's like? Bernie, you're you're an old pussy. Like fuck you. Like one of those. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I know. think he probably had one of those. Yeah. Hey kids, it's time to grow up. Type deals, and people are like, okay, you're going on my list. I hate you for the rest of time. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there are like um, intra community wars. You know, mm -hmm. like there, there, it might be like a gay guy versus gay guy thing that I don't know about. You know, that's always possible. I kind of think it's he made one of those tweets. It's like, you know, the real Harry Potter is a black woman who votes, you know, one of those. It's maybe both. He's done. He's done posting crimes, at least. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. At least so I'm just imagining that he's 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 guilty of that. It feels like both kind of. But like, you know, I, I take no pleasure in him. I mean, it's not really his fuck up. That's again, like if if it does that badly, it's because they like didn't market it right or whatever they did. I don't know. I don't I know. Think how the I think like movie movies studios work. have no idea what to do with comedies anymore. Yeah, comedy's yeah. done for in the theater. It's got to be on TV, or it's just experience. like it's just there's the whole the movie the movie theater comedy experience is, yeah. is over. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, uh, moving on from uh, bros, let's talk about uh, the news story that's lighting up my uh, Twitter feed right now. This has just come across the news transom. Biden pardons thousands of people convicted of marijuana possession under federal law. The president urged governors to follow his lead for people convicted on state charges of possession. So this is uh, throwing people a bone. Is, 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 this, is, this dark, is he dark brandoning or is this just more bullshit that's uh, designed to buffalo people into voting for the Democrats? Well, I mean, yes, that's all any of it is. Uh, the question is whether people are going to be uh, affected meaningfully in numbers by it. Because they say thousands here, but realistically, you're talking about a pretty small number of people because this is people convicted of federal simple possession of marijuana, which means basically you got caught with weed on like a federal park. This is like when I tried to bring weed into the Smithsonian exactly. museum. Yes. Yeah. If, if you, if that guy had, <laughs> if that, if that guy had actually gotten his manager instead of <laughs> yeah. his manager being like, I don't want to deal with this. You might be. Yeah. I might be, to I would Brand, be, I'd be thanking my, Brandon's thanking my lucky stars for Brandon's, the mercy of Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just this is from New York Times. It says President Biden on Thursday pardoned all people convicted of marijuana possession. Oh, D.C. people, too, because okay. they don't have well, that, okay. uh, in, in some of those places. Under anyway. federal law and said his administration would review whether marijuana should still be a Schedule One drug like heroin and LSD, saying that makes no sense. I mean, look, I'm, I, you know, g- good. I'm glad people are getting their records pardoned. But like I just once again, I don't get why they're, if it makes no sense, why they're subjecting it to a review process. You got to review the thing. You like, got to go. You got to send it to committee. Like, why not just deschedule marijuana? I mean, that? yeah. You yeah. got to. You got to make John Daly smoke a whole bunch of marijuana first and review it before you decide whether it's legal or not. Well, the only thing I've ever been addicted to is a thirst for knowledge. I mean, that's like that's overdue. I obviously would like them to do that, but I don't even think like the scheduling of narcotics should exist. You know, yeah. obviously, like that's it's a broken system. I mean. I'm uh, yeah no I think this is a good thing I think it does there aren't a ton of people who are like are in federal prison for just drugs no. much less like just pot but it is I think it will affect like a meaningful amount of people I do think that you would kind of like you'd get more mileage out of touching a little more of an electrified rail which is like most people who are in federal prison for you know fentanyl they're usually people who are like dealing to maintain their habit. I mean, don't hold your breath on that one, but like, no, they're going to, that would get a far more significant amount of people out of federal prison. Well, that's not, trouble. I mean, the idea but it's is not just not going to happen because the idea is to get elected. It's not to make any X number of people's lives better. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the fentanyl thing you're seeing now they're, they're pushing to make dealing fentanyl. If somebody overdose of it, charge them with murder. So I think you don't get, just decriminalization of anything in this country something else has to be extra criminalized right right. that's why oh they're illegalizing weed everywhere and then they got then jewels are now banned or whatever there always has to be something so uh, yeah they might end up i wouldn't be surprised if honestly just by just in order to keep the the hope that they can uh you know not get destroyed by the republicans alive in people's mind they're going to keep having to push forward yeah. on marijuana but that is going to be met with yeah probably death penalty for fentanyl dealing yeah or and, and the fentanyl is only like an issue because of what the obama era dea did in response to like the pill over prescription from the sort of post 9-11 post-iraq war world yeah it's all it's just there will be no meaningful review of like why this is a thing when it previously wasn't even 15 years ago. Well, it's a thing now because dealers are giving out fentanyl and candy on Halloween. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. Putting it yeah. Be careful out there, folks. 
They're putting it on your car door so that you'll pass out like the cops. That's the, I, the fentanyl thing is so weird. It is sort of the perfect drug for this time because it doesn't even, it's not even like good. Like people always characterize it as X amount more powerful than like, you know, morphine or oxycodone. But it's the thing with fentanyl is it doesn't really get you high. It just like puts you out. That's why they use it in hospitals. <laughs> and I, it's so weird that like people ever put it in coke. That's so that's weird. It's just like to well, me. you're trying to kill your your customers, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, uh, when my dad was dying, uh, they gave him fentanyl, and I was like, how was it? And he was like, pretty awesome. Yeah, but I'm old not people, endorsing old, it. Don't do it. Don't do it unless people, you're dying. Old people like taking naps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course he liked it. I mean, I, I, it's like, you know, it's still like an ultra powerful opiate, but it's not like, it, it, it's not the same as other ones that people like to abuse that, uh, you know, subsequently fell fell thanks to the opiate whack-a-mole of the 2011-2014 DEA regime. But it's, I mean, that's also hospital fentanyl. Most fentanyl that people get, like... It's like some, you know, some made in a fucking... Yeah. Like pill press, fucking dark dark web, fucking... No, not even dark web. It's like a sub-Jesse Pinkman guy trying <laughs> okay. to make it in yeah. his bathtub. Yeah. Um, I guess just with this, like, yeah, like, we, I, you know, I've been, I've been saying this for a while. Like, this is the, an obvious, obvious gimme for the Democrats. Like if they don't do this, this political malpractice. But we said that about, you know, the federal student loan uh, forgiveness as well. And we saw how that was just clawed back. So I'm imagining now, like in, in two or three weeks time, what, what the clawback is going to be on this. Be like, oh, geez, man. we talked to the parliamentarian and uh, the, the, apparently uh, the, this only applies to weed that's mids. If you're smoking gas, you're, you're still you're still in jail. Your record's I, I, not getting cleared. I agree with that, though. I mean, like, <laughs> is it the, the clawback is always like in anticipation of like a pending court case, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that's usually the thing. And again, like the, this weed thing is this is something that like Obama should have done. And oh, my God, to a he had billion, eight years yeah. to do this shit. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a loser. Yeah, but he didn't even need the votes. It was some. You didn't need the votes. You're right. It was it was a little less popular then than it is now. Oh, right. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they have to wait. Like they're, they're, they're all waiting in like think tanks in D.C. And they're looking at like a graph yeah. of like an opinion poll bar reaching a terminator of 51 percent support. And then they all it's like the moon landing. Then they all just cheer and go, finally, we can uh, pardon all those. Yeah. The 200 people that are in federal prison <laughs> yeah. for having just weed. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, that's an Obama thing. I mean. Maybe in 20 years, we'll get like some sort of, um, well, we'll get a committee on the power of federal courts. Well, uh, that's like, yeah, that's the main thing. Anytime you see like a disappointing clawback or anything, they're anticipating that the entire thing just gets like eviscerated by a 35 year old that Trump put in some circuit court. Right. Well, OK, so like obviously this only applies to uh, federal convictions, but I just want to read one more paragraph here from the Times here. It says Mr. Biden urged governors to follow his lead for people convicted on state charges of simple possession, which there are many, no, many, a lot many, more. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking yeah, people. That's a shitload. The number of convictions under state law vastly outnumbers those who have been charged with a violation of federal laws, limiting the overall reach of the president's actions on Thursday. So I understand that like in almost a third to half of the country right now, they have decriminalized marijuana, if not like, you know, the commercial sale of marijuana. But doesn't this create an incentive for like, let's say Ron DeSantis to just like go in the opposite direction and now just like announce the death penalty for possession <laughs> of weed. I don't, I mean, maybe I see that more the move of like the governor of, you know, like Wyoming. Right. I think with someone like someone with national ambitions, uh, they know that weed is like, no one really wants people to get football sentences for, for just weed. But I think like the response in 
you know, a place like Florida with a guy like DeSantis or someone or Greg Abbott or someone like that, it would be like, yeah, we're going to execute a fentanyl dealer. Yeah. Who is just like probably, yeah, a, a Jesse Pinkman type who like made it in a bathtub and didn't well, didn't even successfully sell it to anyone. <laughs> President Biden today announced his pardons for all people federally convicted of having a goofy ass T-shirt with like skulls and writing yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> a guy, a guy whose life was ruined after meeting the first girl to ever graduate college <laughs> in his sexual history. Uh, well, you know, hey, Dark Brandon, how about Dank Brandon? Ah, Brandon oh, yeah. Back. Yeah. Hey, they're going to be smoking that Joe Cush in the White House. Oh, was that Zenny? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, because he just, just he's like hated weed his entire career. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, actually, speaking of uh, Joe Biden's career and drugs, Matt, wasn't you just saw about... Uh, they're going to get Hunter Biden on tax evasion and gun charges? I'm here and tell. There's there's some case pending in Delaware. Uh, they're trying to leak details to force some sort of action on it. And they might get him. They might get our boy. They might put him up there on trial, which would yeah, be says, awesome. Federal agency chargeable tax gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. I just love the idea that like they pulled over the Hunter Biden tour bus and then his whole entourage <laughs> is like, yeah, that Glock with a hundred round clip and fully auto switch. That was mine, not Hunter's. <laughs> You have to be such a fuck up to be Joe Biden's son and like gun charges. <laughs> what the fuck? Or, this guy is into or, everything illegal. Yeah. Or you just have to be too fucking real. Yeah. That's another yeah. possibility. Yeah, that's right. I get, yeah, it just seems like the easiest, to, like in Delaware, to be like, yeah, can I have a concealed carry? My dad is like, my dad. My dad's emperor of this uh, <laughs> yeah. principality. My dad's one of the only player characters in this state. <laughs> like, just give me a fucking CCW permit. You have, man, you have to like, you have to really be impatient. Yeah. Anthony Cumia got one in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but think how many cops he's friends with. Yeah, but Hunter's friend is yeah, the son true. of the yeah, king yeah. of the state. He's the king of the state. You can't, so you think, Hunter so you think, can't just like walk up to a guy and just press X and, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. and have uh, the, the certificate pop out for him. You, you have think, to, you have to be like, I need that gun. I need that. I need to just carry that gun around me at all times now. I can't wait. <laughs> Three weeks now. Do you think he's got the Glock with like the drum and the switch? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he probably has like one of those Glocks that can't fire two shots without flying out of your hand. <laughs> he does the caught lacking challenge. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Biden. Oh my god! You will not catch you him will lacking. Not catch you him will lacking. not catch him lacking. All right, moving on. I guess like uh, the other, the, the the best political news story of the week, though. And apologies to anyone who just saw me and Matt talk about this on Tim Heidecker's office hours, but we got to have full spectrum coverage for this. I'm talking, of course, the Herschel Christian Walker saga. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I'm going to take... Look, I'm not making any predictions anymore about the midterm elections. I will not be surprised with any outcome. I can see it equally likely that, that all of these big races could go either Democrat or Republican. Or they go in the or, air. Who, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? However, I'm going to take a, just a slightly contrarian point of view on this. That Okay, Herschel Walker... Yes, he paid for his mistress to get an abortion. Uh, that wouldn't be a problem. But I think the fact, like if that, if that had been the story alone, I could see it hurting him a little bit. But the fact that his incredibly annoying and incredibly gay son took it upon himself to publicly condemn him, I think will lead to a surge in support for Herschel Walker <laughs> in George. Because look, this is something that they can all relate to, being harangued by some annoying fucking kid on the internet. Yeah. Okay. That's why they're voting in the first place to prevent to be like, I would like my grandson to stop being condescending to me. Okay. For voters like that, I think they were already voting for Walker. 
I will. I, I think that like, I don't think that Christian turning on him will have any electoral effect. I don't think there was anyone who was like, well, I like Brian Kemp, but I love Christian Walker. <laughs> well, like I'm saying, like, uh, uh, yeah. I know about Christian Walker because I'm on the internet. No one voting or supporting right. Herschel Walker has any fucking clue who Christian is. And if they, as soon as they see him, they're like, who's this blue hair pronoun freak or whatever? Yeah. Like, right. And I've like, when Herschel, he tweeted the other day, I think it's like since been deleted, like, I, will, I love my son no matter what. And she's like, well, first of all, which one are you talking about? Yeah. But also, like, the comments of two Herschel Walker from the supporters were like, you didn't raise him right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have yeah. sold him. Yeah. <laughs> should have gotten the thug son. <laughs> um, I do. I have been. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been on the other side of this because Matt thinks that um, Walker is going to win. He's always thought Walker is going to win. I think you have, too. Will. Right? I, well, I mean, I, I thought I thought he wasn't going to win because of how you know brain damaged he is and but i was rooting for him to win because i want someone whose brain is like the size and texture of a walnut to be in the senate it would be great to have a senator where like even in texas they'd be like is it okay to <laughs> execute this guy like this is doesn't I mean, feel right they have a few guys like that in the senate now but they're all 90 years old right. it'll yeah, be no, really sorry, yeah like because they don't have the energy to do anything really hilarious and embarrassing for the most part they wheel them in they 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 use a uh, uh, they string to have their hands go up for the thumbs up or whatever. And then they wheel them out. You're, he's going to be spry, p- popping around, uh, giving quotes, uh, going into the going into the cloakroom, offering he, uh, back massages. Yeah, whatever. He won an MMA fight when he was like 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's in good. He'll probably like shoot the sergeant in arms. <laughs> It'll be. A, but like I, I was I was going against the grain for us. In that I thought before this, I thought he was going to lose. I just I think there are a lot of people who are like, well, you know, I like Brian Kemp um, or I cannot picture anyone voting for Stacey Abrams. Uh, but it's so funny. She's she is like not even close. No, no, she is loser. It's like there's a rising tide and her part of the lake is just just depressed. <laughs> it's just like a vortex. <laughs> Like Lake uh, Mead. Yeah, yeah, she's a sinkhole. But uh, I don't think that there's going to be people who, there's going to be a surge of people who are like, okay, Kemp and Warnock. I don't think there's, it's going to be as much that there's a split ticket, but I think there are going to be, be, be people who vote for Kemp and not Walker. Just leave it blank. I, I, I think that they have, they've had trouble like framing Warnock. They've been unsuccessful in like calling him a pedophile and all this shit. You should call like, him a warlock. Yeah, yeah, they that, should that, say that, he's doing spells. <laughs> he's bewitching my cows. He's replacing my child with a changeling. That might work in New Hampshire, but you know, <laughs> unfortunately, not here for them. But um, I always, yeah, I thought that his chances were very good. They, they, um, his favorables are too high. People like him too much, even if they're not going to vote for him. It, it, it hamstrung them in going extremely negative. And yeah, they have a really shitty candidate whose campaign hates him. <laughs> yes. And now it turns out his family too. Yeah. Every, everyone within this guy's circle, he's either held a gun to their head or they've like <laughs> seen him do that and despise yeah. him for it. Another thing helping uh, War- Warlock is that he kind of looks like JB Smooth. And everyone, <laughs> oh, loves, yeah. everyone loves him. He's there a likable guy. He's yeah. like, yeah, no. As far as Democratic senators go, he is he's an amiable, amiable person. Uh, I just I think they have their work cut out for for them. Uh, I just I, like, yeah, my 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 intuition on this is that when you are publicly attacked by one of the most obnoxious and annoying people on the planet, 
like that helps you. Yeah. I, I can imagine because yeah, like, people, people feel sympathetic to yeah, Herschel because exactly. they're like, they, if they I had a son that fucking annoying, like yeah. he, pro- I'd, he probably hate me too. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing I've noted about like this whole controversy is like, okay, yeah, like who knows how many abortions he's arranged for women? I mean, look at Donald Trump. I mean, come on. Do you, th- you think he hasn't made a few fucking paid for a few clinic visits? I mean, come on. But what I like about this is that it reveals, as we've been saying on this show for quite some time now. Nobody who is against abortion actually believes it's murder. No, That's true. because like I, the, the GOP response to this from like the conservative media has been of, of Herschel Walker. Like, look, this was a long time ago. This was like five years ago. Okay, <laughs> this is five years ago, and like, look, he has had a genuine change of heart. Like, he's a Christian man, and he's promoting the values that he's trying to make. But he's trying to make murder illegal. Okay, like even if that were true, you can't just say I now realized I paid someone to do a hit. On a child, on, 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 on an infant, on a human being. I paid to arrange the murder of a human life. I now realize that's wrong, but that's why I want to be in the Senate. That's why I want to, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, uh, like, you know, step back and be like, yes, I was wrong. Or like uh, the, 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 the young women who are like, yeah, like I had two abortions and now I'm like, a, like you know, I'm an, an anti-abortion leader because I know it's murder and wrong. It's like, if you sincerely believe you murdered two of your own children, you wouldn't be showing your face in public. Yeah. You would yeah. be like quietly dedicating yeah. yourself to a life of contrition yes. for the murders that you've committed, not advertising to the world. Hey, everybody, it's me. Well, the, uh, you're forgetting, though, that in their cosmology, uh, you just you, you, uh, you say, Jesus, I, I fucked up. You give him a high five and then you just go back to whatever you wanted to do anyway. Oh, it's yeah. Magical. Does that apply to women who are being put in jail for having ectopic pregnancies? Well, you no, say, yeah. because they weren't they're not on the right team. I mean, it's all it's it's. None of this is hypocrisy because there's no principle at play. It's just, it is just the people I don't like suffering. That's it. You don't need any greater justification for that. And I also take issue with your idea that Donald Trump has ever paid for anyone's abortion. Oh, yeah. You're, He's yeah, never okay. paid for anything. <laughs> yeah, now, right. he might have bartered with an abortion doctor with like uh, a racehorse. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like a racehorse. Or maybe he's like. Floyd Mayweather's well, boxing got, gloves. Yeah, I, I got Lawrence Taylor's jockstrap here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take that in, in order for it, in exchange for a scrape. <laughs> scrape job. Scrape job. I feel like for an abortion, unless it's like quintuplets or something, he's overpaying with Floyd Mayweather's boxing gloves. He no, probably no, he, he, he gave probably you a Mar-a-Lago ob- pen. Yeah, <laughs> here's a blazer that George Steinbrenner wore. <laughs> Even that's a little rich. Yeah, blood. I yeah, I I mean yeah, it's not hypocrisy because this has never like affected a Republican that much, right? Like a revelation that he paid a mistress to get an no. abortion because for those voters, they're like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> when you get, when you get another woman pregnant, who isn't your wife, you're yeah. supposed to do that because him getting like, whether it's him or Elliot Brody or any of these guys who do that, it's not getting in the way of like making a woman's life miserable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the whole point. And uh, people are mad. Like at these Republicans saying, all you care about is the vote in the Senate. Well, that's what you're voting for, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not really wrong to say, uh, yeah, Warnock never, uh, Warnock is, uh, never gave any, uh, never paid for anybody's abortion. Sure, but he's going to vote to protect yeah, abortion he's gonna, rights. Yeah, he's going to make it. Try so to make uh, it. what do I give a shit? What difference does it make to me? He, I'm not asking him to babysit. I'm asking yeah. him to vote in the Senate. I guess it'd be like, oh, like what's worse, like uh, a guy who committed one murder or a guy who wants to legalize murder, exactly. even though he's not yeah. actually committed any murders. Exactly. Uh, I guess it's the other the other funny uh, like news commentary in this was uh, courtesy of uh, Dana Loesch. I haven't heard from Dana in a long time. She, she fell came, off. Yeah, she she really did fall off. But uh, she's speaking to speaking to Matt. Speaking to your point, she was like, look, she was like, 
I don't care if he's out there killing endangered baby eagles. I want control of the Senate, which is like, okay, are you saying that killing a baby eagle is worse than killing a human baby? Because like, in, in, you know, in that setup for that, that you know, that, that standard punt delivery, usually you, the thing you have, to, you have to choose something worse than what he's accused of to be like, I don't even care if he's, you know, uh, taking them tags off mattresses. I, I, <laughs> I want control of the Senate. Yeah. I mean, you really see why she fell off. Yeah. Yeah. What has she been up to? Is she on just like one of those um, conservative streaming services they all start? Yeah. I think is so. Blaze still, TV Blaze, still around? Blaze, she's on Blaze, Blaze TV. Blaze is weirdly still around. I think yeah. she's probably on Blaze TV. Though. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like a sketch show on Blaze TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Half Hour News Hour? Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah. That, that was, was, that was good shit. That was good shit. It was like four women who all had that like ramen pattern of curly <laughs> hair. <laughs> Debbie like, Wasserman Schultz. Yeah. Just. It, I so I guess most of the time that hair pattern is just like God cursed you, right? <laughs> but it turns out Debbie Wasserman Schultz is paying to get that done to her. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like how uh, the 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 simple Davis son who owns the Raiders, oh uh, yeah, flies yeah. to San Diego to get that bowl get cut. That bowl cut, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what a king that dude is. Okay, he's amazing. I really have trouble like eating when I see that hair pattern. <laughs> it just fucking grows. It's me very out. disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. I Thinking about the nat- hash- half-hour news hour, though, uh, that was supposed to be the conservative answer to The Daily Show. But again, you know, time eventually is the ultimate joker because I would probably enjoy an episode of the half-hour news hour uh, more than I would any Daily Show episode that's been made in the show last episode, five yeah. to ten years. I mean, my God. What's he going to do? Like, he's leaving The Daily Show. Is he just going to be... He's going to be in those, like, comedian movies where, you know, it's like a... Uh, a guy who's a janitor gets elected president and he he has common sense solutions to, to things. He's going to play a janitor and they're just never going to explain his accent or like one of the, one of those, like movies. when Schwarzenegger would just play a cop yeah. in oh, America. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was, I always loved that. He was just like an accountant from Illinois. Yeah. But um, yeah, he'll be in that one. He'll be in a movie where it's like he has a crush on a woman, but he dies, but his, gets reincarnated like as her father <laughs> like one of the you know like that type of you know what I, you know what i mean it's sort of a freaky friday but like the girl he's trying to hook up with he's like now he's your dad yeah yeah, yeah. these like these movies the type of comedy where it's like it's above a rob schneider movie and it's always like they're trying to they're trying to make a comedian a movie star. Like they did with this with Chris Rock all the time. They keep, it won't stop, yeah. even though he proved himself to be one of the world's worst actors long, long ago. But yeah, I think that's the type of movie they're going to put him in. Like a very Chris Rock. Well, whatever he's up to, I'm there because the man is just a superstar talent. That is that is a fucking tough block of TV to get through. There's so many of them too now. There's so many late night shows. Yeah, it's the only thing America makes anymore. You and they're just, all streaming, which defeats the whole point. It's supposed to be on late at night. Required by law. It's broadcasting. 11 p.m. If Eastern. You're watching, if you're watching James Corden in the light of day when God can see you. <laughs> oh, my you're, God. You're cursed being. Well, James Corden is like, that's what that type of shitty TV is supposed to be, though. Right. It's like a, a, a big fat guy who's like too cheerful singing and dancing. Like that's that's faithful to the format just like um what are the like jimmy fallon alcoholic that's mm-hmm. what all the like he's like jack parr um trevor noah is a departure from the form 
It's true. Because I don't, I don't know what the fuck he's going for. I don't no. think other countries should have stand-ups. <laughs> God no, we we God, barely no. should. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's leave it there for now. Uh, the second half of the show, I will be talking to a journalist in front of the show, Katie Halper, on her recent firing for truth from the Hill. So and turn it over to that, uh, and then just uh, to close things out here. Uh, cheers to everyone whose federal marijuana possession charge has just been expunged, and uh, cheers to. Um, uh, cursed goblin son Christian Walker for betraying his father, <laughs> the Pater Familius. Yeah, but you know what? It's the weekend's coming up, and if you got reason to celebrate, if a woman that you got pregnant, she finally gave in and let you pay for her abortion, kick back. You've earned it. <laughs> Grab a Modelo. So, you know, one less it's thing you got to worry yeah. about. Oh, right. Yeah. If you if you were in Los Angeles. This weekend, this is your last opportunity, Los Angeles, and really all of Southern California, Anaheim, San Diego, shit, come down from San Francisco, San Jose, Sacramento, the whole state of California. There is a one thing and one thing only to do this weekend. That's right. Saturday, October 8th, the theater at the Ace Hotel, Chapo Trap House Live. We will be joined by Tim Heidecker and the, uh, the musical act L.A. Witch. L.A. Witch and Tim Heidecker will be our guests. Hey, talk to anyone who went to the Chicago show. You know, that was fire. And once again, thanks to Solips for performing with us in Chicago. Solips and Charles Austin and of E1. Uh, check out Solips' album. But yes, Los Angeles, Southern California, the entire West Coast. Come out and see us this Saturday. The Theater at the Ace Hotel. Tickets available at chapotraphouse.com slash live. Oh, we can finally reveal what the surprise for the Chicago show w was going to be. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, we were, so we were going to have Rod Blagojevich on, but he was like, um, about a week before, he was like, oh, I, I like um, took a paid speaking engagement. And he should have, oh, we should have tried to top him. How much they offer you? Yeah. I know. I want to find out who it was. Yeah. I feel like it's like I don't know the like Illinois beef wholesalers <laughs> or something like some like weird conservative group. But I, it could have they could have offered him like fifty thousand dollars. That's true. Who knows? Those, know. those, yeah. those those people they loved it. We they could offer them some up. you know some some beers maybe. Yeah. Ooh, a little, a little salami board. We, no, we, we can we can't we can't compete with the Illinois beef consortium. No, they no got way. deep pockets. No way. But yeah, no, well, there'll never be a surprise that we don't deliver on ever again. <laughs> Tim Heidecker will not get in a car accident before this show. All right. Uh, on to the second half of the show and Katie Halper. <laughs> All right. Uh, joining me now is a recently fired for truth journalist and commenter, Katie Halper. Katie, welcome. Or welcome back, I should say. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's been a while. I'm sorry we uh, you got to get fired for uh, we to have you uh, you back on the show. Who does a girl but... need to get fired back by to get <laughs> back on the show? Yeah. All right. So you you have just been fired for truth. Um, could you just describe what was the truth that got you fired from the Hill? Sure. So the truth that got me fired from the Hill was that um, Rashida Tlaib was right when she called Israel an apartheid state, and that Israel is an apartheid state, and that the attacks on her for saying that were, uh, you know, need to be con condemned. Um, Rashida Tlaib got into trouble because she said uh, at a Justice for Palestine event, uh, she said that people are seeing more and more that you can't be progressive while also supporting Israel's apartheid government. And um, after she said that, 
you know, the usual suspects like uh, Jonathan Greenblatt at the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League condemned her, said that Israel is not an apartheid state. She was called anti-Semitic. Debbie Wasserman Schultz called it outrageous. Uh, Jake Tapper, who likes to pick on Rashida Tlaib and has said some pretty odious stuff about um, Islam and Muslims, uh, he did a little segment on it. So I use that as a kind of jumping off point for my own monologue. And I guess I should back up, explain. So I've been, I appear on the the Hill. I've appeared as a guest for like three years. And then I started doing some guest hosting. And when you host, you can do these things called radars, just whatever. It's a monologue straight to the camera. And so I decided I would write my radar, my monologue about what happened with Rashida Tlaib and also just use it as a, a the opportunity to lay out the case that Israel is indeed an apartheid state. And I made my argument by citing the UN because apartheid is actually a crime. It's, it's a crime that's defined. Uh, so I cited the UN, the International Criminal Court. I cited... Uh, Many of the leaders of the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. Yes, you know. Nelson Mandela, um, uh, Desmond Tutu, a current minister of foreign affairs for South Africa who just spoke at the UN General Assembly. I cited, of course, uh, former prime ministers who have said that Israel is either currently or will be an apartheid state. Um, also... Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, also uh, Palestinian human rights organizations, and Beth Selim, which is a, an Israeli human rights organization. Because I also think it's, I, I'm a little conflicted sometimes about whether or not to say as a Jew or these Jews, but I do think, because I don't think you need to be Jewish to declare Israel an apartheid state, but I think that it gives you like one level of protection, not that much, obviously, but when you're <laughs> a Jew and you say it, you may be called like a self-loathing Jew, so, uh, but not well, an anti-Semite. I mean, by I mean, I, and I and I watched the video that um, got you, you know, so, shall we say disinvited from ever yeah. appearing on uh, the Hill ever again. And, you know, like this is a it's a six minute video. It's a six minute monologue where you I think it's uh, 12, pretty, but, 12 but, minutes. OK, you pretty dryly lay out the case for like why it is not wildly derogatory or out of bounds to refer to Israel as an apartheid yeah. state. And you marshal quite a bit of evidence based on the U.N. definition. And if you're speaking about. Israeli human rights organizations or politicians. I mean, you're like, you shouldn't have to cite them. But I think it speaks to the point that, like, in Israel itself, this is not exactly an unheard of thing to be a topic to be broached. Whether, right. I mean, they're not doing anything about it, but, like, you know, right. it, 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 this has been a sentiment shared by, like I said, former, you know, prime ministers of Israel. Right. Yes. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's something that often Israelis are actually, I found them to be more, uh, candid about things, even when they don't have progressive politics. And well, they'll, they'll just say, like, it is an apartheid state and that's good. And we're yeah, not and it needs to it. be like yeah. Benny Morris. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but Benny Morris, who's this new historian, you know, this genre of historian and historiography that pushed back on the established Zionist narrative of, of historiography. You know, he documented in his book, 1948, that there was ethnic cleansing. And then he turned over the years, he became right wing. He wants Israel to like bomb Iran. And people are like, you show that there was ethnic cleansing and now you're totally right wing on this issue. What happened? He's like, yeah, there was ethnic cleansing. And if there had been more, it wouldn't be a problem today, which is like just peak Israeli. Like, yeah, there was ethnic cleansing. We should have done more as opposed to the American version, which is like, no, they all wanted to leave. That was, you know. Well, I want, I want to get into like, you know, the, the content of uh, your monologue itself. But like, I just want to know like more of the background about like how the Hill treated this and how and why, like what was so 
like distinct about this? I mean, well, we know the answer to that question, but you know, Ryan Grimm, who is also was a contributor to the Hill, uh, he wrote this up in the Intercept, and he said he's done something like 150 of these like radar monologues. You know, it's like it's a host from the right and the left, and they each get like a little a little monologue to present an argument or comment on the news. He said in the 150 he's done, uh, not a single one was ever subjected to any editorial guidance or pushback whatsoever. What happened with your monologue? So with my monologue, I delivered it. And I should also add that I had done several critical segments as a guest about Israel. So I'd been on the show and I'd been critical of Israel. I said Israel lied about killing Shreen Abu Akleh. So I was never, I didn't pull my punches as a guest. And uh, there is this organization called Honest Reporting that someone really needs to do an expose on, but they try to get people like fired. So they do these massive email campaigns. And I know that they did do one over one of my appearances on the Hill and they cleverly titled it. What the hell? Why is Katie helper like spreading disinformation or something on the Hill? Um, so, but what's different is I guess th- that what, what I was told by my producer and my, pr- the producers tried to do the right thing. So hopefully my saying that won't get them fired. But uh, they did try to do the right thing. They tried to get the the radar release. So what happened is I recorded it. Then my producers said, yeah, we want you to hear it from, I want you to hear it from me. We're not releasing it. The higher up saw it. And I didn't know this, but we have a policy of not, the Hill has a policy that I didn't know about where we don't do um, op-eds on Israel, either written or video op-eds. This is, this way. so this is a real policy. Unlike, and like, Rising is supposed to be sort of like a, a cutting edge political talk show where, you know, right. voices and opinions that aren't, you know, normally given a platform in the mainstream media are given a, a chance to like, you know, speak to, a, you know, an emerging political consensus or whatever. So like, there's actually an on the record policy at the Hill not to do any editorial content about Israel at all. Now, I don't, I don't know if it's on the record, but it was told to me by a producer who said that she was told by the high up. So I don't know if they've codified it, but it was definitely communicated verbally from them to her and then from her to me. So no one told you that before you recorded no, the monologue? No. Yeah, no one told me that before. And something, you know, Bronco Marchetich had a really great piece. So Ryan Grimm, as you said, wrote this up at The Intercept. But, you know, uh, Bronco Marchetich wrote a great piece at Jacobin. It's called Left-Wing Journalist Katie Halper Has Been Fired for Calling Israel an Apartheid State. But what's really interesting in his piece is that he looks into Next Star. And Next Star is this media conglomerate that just bought the Hill back in August. He points out that um, they bought it for Next Star Media Group Inc. They bought it for $130 million last August. And then I think in September, Psagot Value Holdings Limited, an investment firm based in Tel Aviv, bought 6,100 shares in Next Star to the tune of more than $1 million. And then another relevant fact is that in, um, in late August, I'm quoting from Franco's piece, Nexstar filled the position of deputy managing editor of News Nation, its cable channel with Jake Novak, a journalist who spent the preceding year and a half as the media director of the Israeli Consulate General in New York. Uh, Novak has written approvingly of Donald Trump's dropping of U.S. support for the two-state solution. Uh, he has advocated for Israel to build more legal settlement, settlements, saying it would, quote, bring more peace, prosperity and freedom to both Israelis and Arabs, end quote. And also, uh, he recently led a presentation at Bar Ilan University titled Defending Israel Against Media Bias, How to Fight News Media and Social Media Bias Against Israel. The best defense is a good offense. He also, by the way, really weirdly, um, he was... Uh, 
involved in the Matt Getz underage sex controversy. What? And he, yeah. He, so How Bronco, so? He appeared, okay, he appeared to admit to Dilbert cartoonist Scott Adams, of all people, <laughs> that he was involved in the extortion attempt on Getz's rich father in order to funnel millions of dollars to a, quote, commando team leader, end quote, to free a U.S. hostage in Iran. What? Yeah. Well, okay. So wait, wait. He was attempting to blackmail Matt Gates over underage sex stuff to fund a commando mission to rescue an American in Iran? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What Did you fuck? not? And, th- and, yeah. this, and this is the person who just bought the hill? He didn't just buy it. He's their deputy. He's, he's their okay. Dep- he's the news director now? Yeah. Let me, hold on. Let me make sure I, uh, yeah. He appeared to admit to Dilbert uh, that he was involved in the extortion attempt on Getz's rich father. Yeah. In order to funnel millions of dollars to a commando team leader to free a U.S. hostage in Iran. Yes. Okay. Well, that, well that, we could do a whole episode I know, on, you on guys that do little tidbit alone. On that but I guess, guy, okay, yeah. so, I mean, just like going forward, and another another thing I was interested to read was that, you know, in, in the stages of like, are we going to air this? And then it was just like, okay, well, maybe if we do air it, then we like, we need the co-host, Robbie Suave, to issue an editorial about the editorial that simply states Jonathan Greenblatt and the ADL's objection to what Rachida Lee Talib said, which was already included yeah, in your so original what they monologue. Did, right, so before they, before they, um, before they told me they wouldn't be running it, the first sign that something weird had happened was that they came in, the producers, and the, one of the producers was like, yeah, sorry, we have to run, like, a, we have to get a pickup. And they had Robbie, who's the libertarian, you know, there's one left-wing uh, host, one right-wing host. He's a libertarian. And he, they had him, like, repeat what Jonathan Greenblatt had already said that because because Jake Tapper in the clip that I show, Jake Tapper shows Jonathan Greenblatt's tweet. Um, and then so Robbie repeated that and also had a statement about jo- uh, Jonathan Greenblatt calling uh, Amnesty International anti-Semitic. So they wanted to make sure they get that in there. Now, I, I didn't really under I was like, I pro- maybe I should have shut my mouth. But I remember when he said that I was like, well, uh, Jonathan Greenblatt can try to say that about Amnesty International, but what is the deal with Betselem? They're all just a cabal of self-loathing Jews. I said something like that. So then, but then again, it was when I was leaving that they told me they wouldn't be running it. And so we went back and forth over a couple of days and I was kind of like outraged and couldn't believe it. But I was told that you could do segments on Israel, just not op-eds. So in theory, I could appear as a guest and talk about it. Well, okay. Well, that's an interesting, that's an interesting distinction. You could do like, like, so they would be fine if you did a segment yeah. On the fact that Betzalem and many other prominent human rights groups, both Israeli and, and otherwise, have declared uh, Israel to be an apartheid state. Would that be an objective news segment? I, I highly doubt that they would take it that way. Right. I mean, they wouldn't. But that was what I was told. I was told that, like, it's a weird nomenclature and classification system. But I guess for them, the op-ed, when they say op-ed, they mean a written op-ed or straight to the camera, like prepared mm-hmm. spiel so to speak. And um, what they were telling me, and I don't honestly know if this was true. I don't know if the Hill really had this policy or if they were trying to like placate the producers. Um, But they, they told me that I could do that segments were possible on this issue. So we go back and forth over a couple of days. I'm trying to figure out if they can play my radar, but have an opposing view afterwards. Um, have Robbie say more stuff, get like Jonathan Greenblatt on there to respond to it. Have me debate someone, whatever. I'm pretty, I'm, I, I really am committed to getting the radar out there because I think it's important. And 
I mean, I don't feel great about myself, like making these, I think, of course, it should be able to run as a radar, like every other radar that they run happens to that. But you make you make some kind of compromises when you're dealing with media like this, when you want the media to get out there, right? And not to sound like cheesy about it, but it really is because I care about these issues. It's not like I want to get my voice out there to, to create, you know. Get more follows or whatever. Yeah, exactly. For like clickbait and more likes on, on YouTube and more followers on YouTube or whatever. Uh, I just really think that these are important stories and they're very rarely get any shine on anything remotely mainstream or corporate. So I was trying to figure out how to maybe we could do it that way. And then their editor in chief calls me and he's like, we're not going to run it. And he's like, it's not in our sweet spot of coverage. We don't, we don't, we really do domestic. And then he was also, which is not true. And I, I mean, know I've seen it. plenty of coverage of foreign policy yeah, on in the on Hill. That. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, we don't, we get lots of pitches. We don't take them all. But that's not how the radars work. You write your radar, as Ryan said himself, because he's done it like he's estimated 150 times. You literally email the radar, they take it and they put it in the teleprompter. Like that's the editorial process, as in no editorial process. And, um, you know, because in theory, and this is good, they, they trust their hosts with their, their radars, like with their monologues. They're not, pushing up allegedly not pushing a party line or a certain dogma or a certain angle. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I can't stress enough, like how much, like to the extent that I'm aware of it, like rising has been billed as like a kind of a cutting edge platform for voices on the left and right that are otherwise yeah. marginalized. Exactly, yeah. This is not just CNN work. or MSNBC or right. Fox news. Yeah. They are going to give voices to like the actual left or like the actual like libertarian or, I don't right. know, uh, Trumpist, right, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, th- this issue it was the one that uh, so just just sort of like blank, like every every conceivable, like you know, it tripped every fucking uh, conceivable tripwire that they have yeah, in, in exactly. the organization. Yeah. So it was this excuse, that excuse, the other, whatever. So then he makes it clear he's not running it. I'm like, okay. So I then text my producers. I'm like, so so he told me he's not running it. Can I do this for my segment tomorrow? And the producer's like, um, uh, this this woman should have emailed you. And I check my email, and I have an email that says, allow me to just grab it. It's uh, the subject matter is Rising slash The Hill TV, and it says, hi, Katie, we want to let you know that we will not be needing you to appear on Rising AM, tomorrow AM. Please feel free to submit any unpaid invoice for your work on Rising. We wish you all the best. Thank you. That's nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, I suppose like at no point in this process did anyone take objection or even say there was anything wrong with the segment you did. Like or like a t- or took issue with any of the facts presented no. in it or your point of view or like not or, that I know of, at least not to me. Um, or even said that this is offensive to the values of our company. It was just sort of no. like unstated and there was just like your services are no longer required here. Right. Yeah. That was it. All right. Well then let me get to like the, the, the larger like uh, the, the, the larger issue about like like Israel Palestine and the media. Yeah. Look, this this is an issue that is like um, uh, there's a lot of issues like this, but like this is a very glaring example of which like in the U.S. media, in print or on television or radio or whatever, if you are offering an opinion or even covering a news story, this is like the one issue in which there is a hegemonic agreement on what can and can't be said, and it is all pro-Israeli. It, it all just like essentially takes the Israeli government's point of view as the objective truth. And if you stray from that, then you are getting into dangerous territory that no one wants to touch. Do you think that this is like the, the, the absurdity of your situation and like the, the absurdity of like the, 
the, the vehemence of, of which these groups like police the boundaries of discourse over Israel-Palestine. Do you think that it is getting worse because of the increasingly obvious pressure that the Israeli government has? I mean, like they just murdered an American journalist, more or less in full view of the entire yeah. world, denied it, then admitted to it. And then like our own State Department is just like, mm, like much to much to consider here. Right. We're waiting for more uh, more information to come in. But yeah. now that there are there is at least just one member of the U.S. Congress who is willing to state that, hey, look, if you want to call yourself a progressive, then you've got to get real about the, what Israel represents. And like you can't be for, you know, racial justice or pro civil rights, pro human rights in America and the rest of the world right. and look the other way when Israel just continues to occupy and brutalize the Palestinian people. Right. Yeah. You like, so is, is it a matter of like, except on Palestine, as it's called. Is that, is it like, do you think like the, the absurdity and vehemence of like, like the cracking down and like reinforcing these borders literally about what is in and out of polite opinion yeah, on this topic? Right. Do you think it's because the Israeli government itself, at least as it regards the American public opinion, and by public opinion, I mean young liberal people, like people under 40 who generally have a liberal or progressive point of view, it is becoming harder and harder and harder to maintain the fiction that Israel is a sort of like an, an admirable country or that their conduct on the world stage is something that can be um, ignored or apologized for. I mean, I think that public opinion is really shifting. I think like the levers of power haven't reflected that yet. And this is often the case. Um, I don't know. I think there's sometimes, you know, I highly recommend the the series The Lobby, which was produced by Al Jazeera. And then ironically, they couldn't release it. They basically censored themselves um, because they're owned by Qatar and they have a relationship with Israel. So you can find it, though. Electronic Intifada put it up. But that shows how the Israel lobby works. And it also, you know, I'm Jewish and I'm still really sometimes uncomfortable with how to talk about this because it's hard to talk about the Israel lobby without sounding like you're like furthering some anti-Semitic trope. But that's not my problem. Like then yeah. people shouldn't be acting like an Israel lobby, which they are. I mean, the thing, the difference between like being an anti-Semitic stereotype in reality is that luckily, like not all Jews engage in this and not all Jews believe that. But there is, of course, a segment of Jews with a certain political outlook and political convictions. And they happen to be some of them are very well organized and well connected. Now, again, the reason that that's not anti-Semitism is because I'm distinguishing they're, they're a very small group. They're just out, have wheeled outside um, outsized power. But uh, it is pretty fucking annoying, I got to say, as a Jew to have to like face these things because I'm like, why are you doing it? Don't you get that this is bad for our brand, the brand, like the Jew brand? And like, OK, like on the issue of uh, Representative Tlaib, it's like they're like she is one of like two people in our government. And this is a very novel, like new thing in American politics who's willing to state publicly anything shall we say, outside the bounds of Israel. There's right. like, hey, even if they kill a bunch of people or shoot an American journalist in the head, hey, like they didn't mean to. And you have to understand it's right. a bad neighborhood. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Like it's just like as insignificant as that may seem, though. I mean, like the, does this put like a, a lot of like new pressure that the the, the Israel yeah. lobby and their, you know, their, their cohorts in, in the media and in politics would prefer to just like not be there. And like right. that's it why they like... I mean, like Rashida Tlaib was attacked mostly by Democrats for right. what she said. Yes. I mean, I think it does. Having Rashida Tlaib or Ilhan Omar make statements is as opposed to, I don't know, like Noam Chomsky 
puts it out there in the media. I mean, Noam Chomsky himself, he's very seen on like Democracy Now, but he's not, you don't hear him. He's, on not, a, he's not a voice media. in the conversation. Yeah, whereas he's not if a congressperson yeah. says it, then yeah. like you sort of have to That's, cover it. Yeah. And then if you have yeah. to cover it, then like, again, the problem for the media here is if you have to cover it, Rashida Tlaib says Israel is an apartheid state and you have to cover it in a news format, then you'd have to give voice to the idea that like, well, there are maybe there are reasons why she's saying it's an apartheid right. state. Those reasons being the ones you outlined. Right. Yeah, sorry, that you laid out, you know, again, in a not in a venomous way, in a very dry, like news segment type of way, laid out the reasons for why, like here, this is why it is like, you know, appropriate to refer to Israel as overseeing a system of apartheid on a religious and ethnic right. minority well, that um, they have total you- control over. Yeah, and you kind of brought your you put the nail on the head, well, because um, partially the reason that they have to smear Tlaib is because they have to somehow shoot the messenger to just you know they taint the messenger to taint the message. So if she's an anti-Semite, then what she's saying is anti-Semitic. It's not true. It's not things that have been documented by organizations ranging from Amnesty International to Betselem. Uh and I think that. Uh, that's another reason it's so important for Jews to speak out on this because the more Jews do speak out on it, again, they're going to we'll get labeled self-loathing Jews. But I think the more people see that Jews also are speaking out against this, it, it's like, I think it's a, we can help kind of like provide a buffer for people like Tlaib or of course, people who are not in Congress, but who are of Palestinian descent or and- Arab descent. And I think I think that the, one of the points you made in your monologue that I thought was 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 so true and powerful is the example of Rashida Tlaib herself. Right. She is her, she is from like she is a Palestinian American, but like her family like cannot like you personally, Katie Halper from the Upper West Side, or right. let's say Benjamin Netanyahu, born in fucking Philadelphia, Philadelphia went to high right, school with yeah. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. can move to Israel and essentially like now just take anyone's apartment that they yeah. want. If they're Palestinian. I, yeah. just be I, like, hey, I, I live here now. It's mine. Yeah. Sorry. Take an apartment. I could build an apartment. I could destroy an apartment. You know, you, uh, you can literally displace people who have been yeah. living there for generations as an American right. Jew. But Rashida yeah. Tlaib cannot go back to the land right. on which her family is from yeah. or even free, right. or freely travel there, uh, you know, emigrate uh, there. Or right. like, you know, like all, all of the constrictions yeah. placed. On- I become a citizen automatically. Like the second I want to move there, I can b- go move there, become a citizen, move around freely, get a job, build a house. So could obviously Jake Tapper. So could obviously Jonathan Greenblatt. Um, and you know what else I learned? And but Rashida Tlaib couldn't even go to her like family home in what's now Israel. But you know what I learned also is that it's Israel is like it's gotten worse in many ways. Uh they have laws now that they've introduced. I already knew this, but I looked into it more. The nation state law, which basically demotes Arabic from an official language to a, a language with special status. Uh, it declares settlements like part of the motivate, like uh, an objective of the Jewish state. It declares the state, it like reiterates the Jewish values of the state, the Jewish character of the state. And then they have another law that they introduced that basically makes it... Um, impossible for most non for most uh palestinians who marry jews to live in israel with their partner yeah. the the intermarriage laws is another yeah yeah, yeah the, for the most, most democratic Obviously, country in course, the middle east right i know and of course it's not say. called that it's called like the re-entry or something because they're very good at pr so they're not see even now they're very good at pr i don't mean the jews i mean i mean the israeli government good hasbara hasbara 
as it's called. Yeah. And then also, like, I'm sorry, like, I try to keep bringing it up, but they just shot an American journalist in the head. I know, right. On, on, and, and like, it, like yes. if they can get away with that. And right, it's just of course, like, okay, they can get away with yeah, for anyone anything. for like who, who, who bristles at the comparison or like to Jake Chapper or uh, Upper West Side Congressman Jerry Nadler or Debbie Washington right. Schultz. Like, these are people that depend on a liberal constituency to support them. So I think the reason that they are so sensitive to the accusation that Israel is an apartheid state is because if in your own mind or in like the liberal imagination, you were to describe a country in which white skinned people were <laughs> treating a, a, a minor a, a population that is not white and subjecting them to the same laws, brutal policing, warfare and just seizure of their land, homes, property and lives. What would you call that? Right. Uh, apartheid, unjust, Ashanda, perhaps you would call it Ashanda. I mean, so, so Katie, I mean, like you, you, you put your monologue out there. I mean, like obviously the, yes, so the then hill is not to, calling back. So like, well, where, where right. does, where do things stand now? I mean, if the other people reached out to support you, have you, yeah. have you spoken one, to Congressman Taleb about at all about actually, this? I, I met her. This is really cool. But can I just add one thing? Because you brought up Jerry Nadler. Yeah. So Zoran Kwame uh, Mamdane, who is a New York State uh, Assembly member for uh, District 36 in Queens, he tweeted out because Nadler tweeted um, in response to Rashida's t- comments. He tweeted, I would happily put my pro- Nadler tweeted, I would happily put my progressive record and credentials up against anyone's. It is both wrong and self-defeating for progressive leaders to ab- abide such an offensive litmus test. Oh, that's another thing. They pretend that she'd made a litmus test. She hadn't made a litmus test and she certainly didn't make it for Jews. Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt said she was making a litmus test for Jews. Again, he totally misrepresented what she said. Uh, Ryan Grimm did a good piece fact-checking what he said about right. her. I mean, like they, they depend on this conflation between yeah. the Israeli government and Jewish people and Jews, or yeah. like the Jewish faith. Yeah, which large. of course is in itself anti-Semitic because when they, and that's what, <laughs> yes. you know, the ADL is creating anti-Semitism because they're saying that Jews inherently have a pro-positive uh, uh, attitude towards the state of Israel. I mean, that's the, that is the, dual loyalty stereotype that ADL and APAC traffic in because it's convenient to their narrative. They don't care about anti-Semitism, really. They care about um, the Israelis. I mean, if anything, I think they're in not, not so much in America, but certainly in Europe right now are doing everything possible to stoke the conditions of actual classic anti-Semitism in European countries that Jews have lived in for centuries. I think specifically to get more white people right. to emigrate to Israel. Israel and, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Um, so, so Zoran Kwame re- responds to Nadler's tweet by saying, in 2018, I came up to you after a Dem Club meeting and asked you why you wouldn't co-sponsor Betty McCollum's HR 4391. This would ban the use of USAID to support the military detention of Palestinian children. You told me, quote, children can be terrorists too, end quote, <laughs> quite the progressive. So, oh. um, but yeah, in terms of people reaching out, I did. Uh, someone invited me to a fundraiser for Rashida Tlaib, which was great. I got to meet her. She is, let me just tell you something. That woman is so funny. She's really funny. She should do stand-up if she ever retires um, from politics. Well, she just might get sick of all this bullshit. I know, seriously, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, sh- that was great to get to meet her. I've gotten a lot of support. People have tweeted stuff out. People have covered it. Um, I wrote a piece of The Daily Beast. Uh, Mondo Weiss covered it. Um, Sheer Report covered it. Um, I'm doing an electronic intifada podcast next week. Palestine Legal 
Oh, Bella Haddad's father shared an ah. inst- something on Instagram. So yeah, very exciting. Bella, if you're watching, would love to have you on my shows. And uh, yeah, I people have been very supportive. It's still frustrating. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not able to reach an audience I was able to reach before. And it's hard. Like, I really want to be like, I, you know, everyone's like, you have so much integrity and that's great. Well, also people are like, you're disgusting. Go live in, in Gaza and be killed. You know, they're saying disgusting things. But right. um, to the extent that people are being supportive, they are saying, you know, I have a lot of integrity and I've gotten some very moving messages from Palestinians who thank me. And I've gotten me- moving messages from Jews who are like, thank you for, I'm so glad to see a Jew saying this stuff. But, um, you know, I still am not on the hill. It's like, it's frustrating that I've been, I've had this mic taken away, megaphone taken away, because I want these messages to get out there. I'm lucky, relatively speaking. I mean, I'm very lucky, but I have two other shows like the Katie Halper show and Useful Idiots. But the the Hills numbers are better, although they're going down more and more. Which well, I'm not, they expect to be going down even more after this. Yeah, after this, after this one, forget it. The, it's but, the uh, trap I guess just anti bump. Yeah. Um, I guess overall, I mean, like back to the why this issue of calling Israel an apartheid state is so dangerous for these people and why they need to enforce such an absurd enforce the boundaries on this issue to such an absurd degree. And I think it comes back to something we were sort of talking about at the beginning of it, which is that in Israel, among Israelis, it's not controversial at all. They just understand that if they want Israel to exist as a Jewish state, then it has to be by definition an apartheid state. Right. And then their continued support among I would say overwhelmingly liberal Americans. I mean, like the people who support Israel that aren't evangelical Christians right. who are, like, you know, you don't need many. to convince them of anything. They're already right. on board. On board. But yeah. among young Jews, especially in America, this cognitive dissonance needs to be maintained very strictly. Yes, it does. Right. That's that's an important difference. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't jive with the other, you know, the liberal world order that we allegedly live by, the rules based order um, that we allegedly respect in this country so it is it it is a tension and that's how you uh the way you resolve that tension is you just don't let anyone speak the truth i mean i don't mean that in a precious way i mean literally just the truth like literally diagnosing just simply stating the facts right as it exists in the occupied territories like like the conduct of the israeli military and government towards what is now probably half the population within the borders of what is israel yeah Right. And and Will is using air quotes for people who can't see. And yes. that would be everyone because this is a podcast, not video. Yeah. All right. I guess, yeah. I guess just like to finally wrap things up here. Uh, if, if you had to like now, you, you have the Chapo platform, you have the Chapo megaphone. If you had to just respond to someone who is arguing that Israel, that like the project of Israel is something other than a project of messianic colonialism based on the enforcement of racial apartheid over Palestinian, the Palestinian population of what it was Palestine and is now increasingly, quote, in air quotes, Israel. What would you say to these people? And like, like, like your monologue, in like the driest, most uncontroversial way possible, how would you explain to them that they are mistaken? Oof, I would just play my video, but let's see. Right here, what would I say? Um, I would say, I honestly, m- maybe this is silly, but I just think that why would Betselem, hum- an Israeli human rights organization, that focuses on the occupation, why would they say that? Like, what's their ulterior motive? Uh, what part of the definition of apartheid do you guys see that that Israel doesn't fit? I mean, if you actually just look at the facts on the ground, if you look at the way that certain people are allowed to move around and others aren't, if you look at the right of return that some people have and the fact that other people 
don't have that right. If you look at the, the, the recent laws, like the nation state law, I mean, it's just clear these things are codified. They're codified. They're not like they are de jure, not de facto. Katie Helper, I want to wish you uh, the best of luck in the future. Thank you. Uh, cheers for Katie Helper. R.I.P. Bozo to uh, the Rising and the Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Rest, it, rest in piss, Bozos. Till next yeah. time. Katie, once again, thanks for joining us and thanks, best cause. of luck in the future. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, cuz. Well, we will both of us banned from the Upper West Side for life. For life. Some corners of the Upper West Side will be heroes, though. <laughs> Depends on the zip code. All right, Katie. Take it easy. Thanks, Will. Bye. Bye.